0: So let's pray, and let's talk about something pretty significant here. Father, we just uh, look to you, and we do. God, we ask you for mercy for our country. Lord Jesus, and Lord, you know every heart, even the ones that seem to be so hard. You you know the ones. You you know where the souls of Tarsus are uh, that turn them into Pauls. You know where the Mag- Mary Magdalene's are that set them free, Lord of God. You know where, where the tax collectors are that, that's, that can hear your voice, Lord Jesus. And we're asking for a mighty move of your spirit across this land. Uh, and Empower your church to rise up and be that which our founding father's generation was. And birth a, gen- a, 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 a country and a constitution that has never been witnessed in human history. And has been a blessing and sent the gospel around this world like no one ever has. Which is the ultimate purpose of why America needs to continue for the sake of the gospel going around the world. We just thank you. And we just ask you, Father, to speak to us. Give us clear hearts and minds and courage and a backbone um, in this day that's so desperately needed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well... um. So, a week ago Friday was the, um, well, last weekend was the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And the March for Life in D.C. was, uh, was that on a Friday, right? Uh, Here's some, I think it was the Friday, so it would be like the 19th, right? So, here's here's just a few pictures uh, in D.C. It was raining and snowing. Um, There were... I had two to, two to three hundred thousand people. I'm not sure what, how many were there. All kinds of folks. They, uh, I think the Knights of Columbus are Catholics and stuff and standing for life. That's our, uh, you know who that is? Uh, speaker of the House. What a, what a gift this, this man is. You need to pray for him. He spoke at the rally before the march. And just a side note, Donald Trump, when he was president, was the first and only president to actually step on that same stage on, on a, on a March for Life day. In January, probably the last one before the election, and he spoke to the crowd on on life. And I, again, I, no matter what you think about him, th- th- there are certainly some things about his how he behaves sometimes that's annoying. But he did more to protect the life of the unborn than any president. Ever, he also did more for Israel than any of the other presidents who promised to do all this stuff. And he was the one who moved uh, our, our our embassy from Tel Aviv into Jerusalem, and he did it at a fraction of the cost that all the that all the bureaucrats would have done. All right, but this man is uh, phenomenal. We need to pray for him, um, and he was bold and stand up on that. And so here's here's a good picture of. Uh, braving the snow there in D.C. and um, this, this thing right here says, Hey, GOP, we vote f- for life. <laughs> so what does that tell you? Anyway, so. Um, and then, of course, um, what, a year and a half, the impossible happened, right? Roe versus Wade was overturned. I never thought that would happen. I really never thought that would happen. Uh, because so much of the things that the government's passed never end. Uh, and, uh, and yet, this, is, this was the decision written by G- uh, Justice Alito. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania versus Casey are overruled. The authority to regulate abortions returned to the people and their elected representatives here. Finally, our constitutional republic began to work again. Instead of, you understand, in 1973, when, when, when Roe v. Wade was passed, number one, all legal scholars admit is the, the worst decision ever to come uh, by the, the Supreme Court. There was no basis, there is no right uh, in the Constitution for a woman to end her pregnancy, to kill the child within her. There isn't. But even more so, they didn't even make the statement for or against abortion. They said that the Constitution does not have does not confer the right, and it, this is the this should be determined by the people on state by state level. And that's, that is a good course in Washington State. We know where what's going on here, and this is why it's such an urgent thing. I want to first. Um, I've got some good news coming, right? But let's talk about the founder. I don't know how many of you know this. Um, a, a name I hope you, you get to be familiar with, among many others, is Seth Gruber. Uh, and we'll have a short little clip of him a little bit later. But um, some of this information, he really brings this out. But there's a lot of... I got this from a n- number of different sources. But you know, Margaret Sanger, probably the most... Um, I fear for her soul right now. Because she is probably in a very Christless eternity right now. But this is, she was the founder of the American Birth Control League, which later became um, uh, Planned Parenthood. And this is one of the things. I watched Mike Wallace's 60-minute interview of her. This is years later when she's a very elderly, grandma lady. Um, she's, she said that it's a crime to allow unfit people to bear children that are prone, meaning the children are prone to crime, delinquency, prison, and not really able to live as humans. As if you can determine by uh, how a child's life will be at, because of how they were born. Um, but she she went further on. She was a member of the American Eugenics Society. Eugenics is the science of better breeding. Now that's fine for horses and dogs and hens and fish or whatever those things. When it comes when you start saying it's human beings, um, it's, it's this quote is that improving ge- the genetic composition of humans through controlled reproduction of different races and classes. What does that sound like? All right, if you had any questions about that, how about this New York Times article where she's interviewed, uh, and the title of the article uh, is Creating a Race of Thoroughbreds back in 1923. It's she- her quote, it means the release and cultivation of the better racial elements in our society, and the gradual suppression, elimination, and eventual extirpation or destruction of defective stocks, those human weeds that threaten the blooming of the finest flowers of American civilization. This is the founder of Planned Parenthood. She was deeply racist. We, she was very well known to be that, known for her white supremacist uh, movement connections. She, she wanted people to take an IQ test before they would be allowed to have, get pregnant, otherwise they should be sterilized. And Hitler was coming to power at this time, and he praised her. Because um, he, 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 he believed in eugenics. The science of better breeding of humans. That's why he wanted to get rid of Jews. You understood? He, he felt white, Aryan, like bl- I'm blue eyes. I, I had blonde hair one time. So I, I'd be the perfect one, the Aryan race. That was the perfect, you know. Uh, and he considered blacks were, were, um, were just um, above monkeys and Jews were below blacks because he believed in evolution. Um, he believed in Karl Marx, and so the whole idea, uh, in, in this whole thing. So you've got, you know, the survival of the fittest. We're just a bunch of just animals that are farther down the evolutionary chain. We have no value both beyond a frog or a, or a snail, and so we just got to um, get rid of it. Plus, he, um, he, uh, uh, Hitler was evil, and so so was she. Uh, interesting the, the statistics show from the Pew Research Center that, that 65 million abortions, uh, 39% of them are black babies. Um, the blacks only can constitute... You see they're 13% of the U.S. population. But think about it. That's men and women. So let's talk... Only about half of the, that population gets can get pregnant. And no, men can't get pregnant. We still believe that. All right? Um, so actually... Forty percent, almost forty percent of all the abortions are coming from about seven and a half to eight percent of the black community, because those are the women. We, this is what we also know: that in New York City, more black baby, babies are aborted than are born. Right, eighty percent of Planned Parenthood abortion mills are in black neighborhoods, black and minority neighborhoods. That they kill more onboard babies than any other provider, and they are the number two provider of of drugs for uh, gender transition uh, as well. And I just might as well go out on a limb and and cut it off. Um, uh, this is something I just was really disappointed in some of our Christian leaders the whole Black Lives Matter thing came came up and the George Floyd. Uh, debacle um, I, I think it 's wrong to make George Floyd a hero when he was um, and it was even more wrong to have five over five hundred riots that destroyed people 's homes and businesses, and people died and and somehow those people are not in jail like this like the January six people are, but the Black Lives Matter run, started by two black women who made it very clear that they are trained Marxists. Who believe that the the nuclear family is is a sign of a, is a institution of oppression and must be dismantled, uh, the state the children belong to the state. Women need to just get rid of these these men except to have babies, and go out and get their career. Um, true Marxists, this is true socialism. Uh, and they say they they uh, Black Lives Matter. You, you know you know where these founders live, behind very nice big walls um, around their multi-million dollar estates that they used to purchase uh, they used the donations given to Black Lives Matter they purchased their own multi-million dollar homes um, with security all around um, and, uh, and didn't say one thing about all these black babies that are dying they didn't say one thing about all the 90, what about 95% of black men who were murdered um, are murdered by other black men. So we believe in the truth. So this should matter to us, right? Anyways, um, and we also recognize who the, who the, what they say, what posers are, is that what they call them? but um and then sanger as as well as marx believed in the the removal of all marital boundaries regarding men and women and just go and enjoy yourself and do whatever you want and hop in bed with whoever you want and and if you get pregnant no problem it's just a mass of pregnancy material we'll just have abortion and there was an opinion piece written by um the current president of, I believe, um, a founder, and she. The title of it was, "I'm the president of Planned Parenthood, and we're done making excuses for our founder," because Margaret Sanger's dark, dark reality was covered over for for years, and so finally. Um, Miss Johnson said this is it as we tell the history of Planned Parenthood's founding we must fully take responsibility for the harm that Sanger caused to generations of people with disabilities and black Latino Asian American and indigenous peoples Um, even though still 80 percent of Planned Parenthood uh, places are in black and, and minority neighborhoods that should tell you something She was like the devil's agent going after uh, these folks, just like Hitler was going after the Jews. And he also went after blacks as well. Uh, I mentioned Seth Gruber. Um, we've, we've heard him uh, on a number of occasions. That the last, uh, last pastor's summit put, put on by Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA that we went to, was that in September? Anyways, um, I it was a... Um, Seth Gruber was there um and um he um in a message uh that he was preaching I, I heard he he referred to Gideon story of Gideon and uh I don't know how many are familiar Most of you probably are, but you understand Gideon, where he falls in the history of of Israel. We all know about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Jacob has 12 sons, and then eventually they end up in Egypt, and they're there for 400 years and grow into a a nation, and then they're oppressed. And then Moses comes and set them free, and they come out, and that generation rejects God, die in the wilderness, a new generation rise up. Joshua then leads them in the Promised Land, and over a period of years, they take over the Promised Land, Right? That begins the time of the judges that lasts about 450 years. There's no king, and but they have the law, and the, the, the elders of each tribe are, are supposed to use the law of God and govern their tribe. And, um, but it was a time where everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And, uh, and so what happened? Eventually, because they rejected God, their enemy got power over them, and they'd be oppressed, and they'd cry out, and God would then finally hear them hear, and send, send a judge, as it called, a deliverer. <coughs> well, Gideon was one of those in the early, early part of those 450 years. A lot of you know him. And, but he's hiding behind the walls uh, inside this threshing floor, I mean, me, a, a, a wine press where you, have, you used to have grapes where you're smashing them, but he's behind there threshing the wheat back there so that the Midianites don't see him and they don't come and take it. What they would do is whatever harvest Israel got, if the Midianites didn't just come and take it themselves, they waited until it got threshed, then the Midianites would sweep in and they take everything um, for themselves. And the Israelites, uh, for whatever reason, were not able to fight against them. Um, and so the angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon there in that wine press and says, "Hail, thou mighty man of valor! The Lord is with you." <laughs> and he was saying, "You got somebody in your pocket, um, mighty man of valor." No, but he says, "If God's with us, why are we in such a troubled state like we are?" And then there's more to the conversation. But God, th- through the the angel of the Lord, says, "You know, you, you're going to deliver. he said, bring the people of Israel uh, together. You're going to deliver." Um, Israel from the Midianites. But he tells them his first assignment. His first assignment is to go to um, uh, this altar of Baal. This would be the Destroy the altar of Baal. This would be a, a, one idea of who Baal would look like. And to cut down the Asherah pole. Now, we don't really know exactly what an Asherah pole looked like. But... Um, and this is... Asherah was a goddess of fertility. You, you get what that means? You can imagine what was part of their worship with temple prostitutes and just all kinds of, of immorality. Um, and then what would happen is, you, uh, if you got pregnant, that was no problem because you have Baal, who uh, you, you would pass your child, that baby, through the fire uh, in and and sacrifice it to Baal. Uh, in this Molech and Chemosh were also similar gods that for the uh, Ammonites and Moabites. But um, uh, in some cases, they would light a fire underneath and and heat up his arms so much so that then they placed the baby in there. And you can imagine what horrific things. So 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 th- this is this is what they did. And so basically, what what he's saying. Um. uh well let's talk about today today's message or our culture i mean isn't marriage is the last thing seems to be on, on a couple's agenda right the big decision is moving in together <laughs> and then the next big decision is buying a home together and then eventually they might get married but even more so it's like just it's just about your own happiness you know, almost like a Playboy uh, life, no commitment. Why do I need? Why do I need a piece of paper? Because that's what maturity mature people make commitments and stick to them. All right, you want you want a bunch of child a childish kind of uh, culture. You just let people hop in and out of relationships and and commitments at will, as long as they're happy. I mean, just think about what what are typically they're not all this way, but what's the idea in a bachelor party or bachelorette party? Your last chance to be naughty, right? Uh, before you have to make a commitment. Or what's Mardi Gras all about? Everybody celebrates Mardi Gras. Do you know what Mardi Gras is? It's let's, let's get all as drunk as we can and do all the debauchery as we can because Lent is coming. That's what that is. The whole reason. Because Lent's coming. That's the worship of Asherah. It's this pleasure. And so what happens with, with in, in our current uh, day outside of marriage and all these things and, and this, this just no limits, just, you know, relationship, the first date, maybe second date, and then you're shacking up and all of a sudden somebody's pregnant. Hey, it's your body, just a massive pregnancy material, Um. You're not ready to have a child anyways. It's your choice. And, um, so just head on over to Planned Parenthood and they'll, they'll take care of it for you. And what should be noted, the, the brutality and the savagery of abortion. There's a video, a documentary came out a number of years ago called Silent Scream. I didn't watch it. I didn't need to watch it to know how horrible it is, but it's this sh- silent scream that goes inside a, a mother's womb when that baby is being torn piece by piece, alive, arms ripped off, another arm is ripped off, and peace. It is It is savagery. It is, it is horrific. And science now... Uh, has shown that well, we've learned a whole lot more about the, the, how uh, this child's life is, is a child, it's a human being, and they feel pain. And so what happens in an abortion then? After, the, after the, it's done and, and they lay the pieces out and they make sure they're all there, they typically incinerate them. So you have the, Asherah, the the worship of Asherah, pleasure and, and loose living, and, and then these pregnancies. And what happens with the baby? He's just tore into pieces and then sacrificed to Baal. Seth Gerber made this point. What the angel of the Lord was telling Gideon, I want you to get rid of the child sacrifice system first, and then I'll tell you how to deliver your, your people. Now I believe and I heard someone else talking about this I believe that, I, I believe the fact that, that on a federal level, um, there were we have, in a sense, repented from a Supreme Court level decision about approving ab- abortion, and I, 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 I believe in some way that there's some level of, of mercy and, uh, from God towards our nation um, but um, and we can be thank we just you know be thankful for <clears throat> i mean I believe God put Donald Trump in office in in four years He appointed three supreme court justices i don 't know anybody any president who ever did that had the chance to do that. Do you think that that God was hearing the cries of God's people in America to end abortion, and so regardless of, of of Trump's idiosyncrasies, he put somebody in there who would actually would keep his word and put people in, and God would then orchestrate things so that three members, conservative members of the of um, uh, the Supreme Court, could be could be uh, appointed so that at least on a federal level, this could be no longer. Uh, Justified. And many states, there are a number of states who already had laws on the books just waiting for that moment that immediately abortion is outlawed in their state. Thank God for those courageous people who stood up for life. Amen. Unfortunately, California and Washington, others uh, were trying to write it into our Constitution. I don't know if you just saw. Uh, there's some campaign thing that Biden has, um, him there with a bunch of people, and big words up above here, restore Roe. This culture of death has to come to an end. Amen? And we who, who, who believe in life need to be at the forefront standing up for life. Amen? I believe it, and it doesn't bother me a bit if people get upset because the pastor's talking about those things. What we know that shedding of innocent blood desecrates the land; it defiles the land. There's a biblical principle, um, and so is there any more innocent blood than an unborn child's? Sixty-five million. Actually, I, I'll bet that's a whole lot more because of all the ones we don't know. Regardless. And in Second Kings uh, 24, verse 3 through 4, says, Surely these things happened to Judah according to the Lord's command in order to remove them from his presence because of the sins Manasseh, the worst, most godless king of the kingdom of Judah, reigned 55 years, um, because of the sins of Manasseh and all he had done, including the shedding of innocent blood, for he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, and the Lord was not willing to forgive. I said last week that there is this, there's this tipping point that God says, that's enough, and he was no longer willing to forgive because of the innocent blood that was shed by this king uh, in the kingdom of Judah. The northern kingdom was already gone off into captivity, Um and his grandson, Josiah, would come along and, and bring a, 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 a pause as he would ret- return to the Lord. But we don't have time for that. The point is the shedding of innocent blood. And then in Psalm 106, verse 30, it refers to that time. And it says, They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. That's Baal and Asherah. And the land was desecrated by their blood. Innocent blood defiles the land and the land you understand why would God why would God not forgive them? why would God not restore the nation for the sake of no more innocent blood being spilled? He would bring a nation to an end to its end if he has to because for the sake of of those who are are still coming who are uh that would suffer. He says, no more. You cannot do this. I will not allow you to do this anymore. And this should cause, give us cause to recognize how serious a condition we are in as a nation, as an, a, a people. Um, and need, we need to be together. We need to know God, know each other, and, and be seeking God, be involved. Um, uh, trusting God to do what what only He can do. Here's some good news. Life Services right here in Spokane, <clears throat> right there on is it Ash, right? And um, um, the great they've been on there for a long time. I what I hear they don't have a place to, to house uh, unwed mothers right now. Uh, they have a place. I, I think I know that their issue is you got the staffing of that is really difficult. So. Um, but I, I would encourage you, if you have any thoughts want to help with on a local level, This here, here's their wet life services. They've been here for a long time. No judgment, no agenda, and I'm going to talk about that in a second too. Here's another one, Save the Storks. I don't know if they're here in this area, but the idea of compassion, education, and holistic care. Our mission is to create a story of hope and empowerment for every woman facing an unplanned pregnancy. And so here, if you will, this is a quick little video of what they do.
1: The Historic is an organization that equips pregnancy resource centers across the nation so that these pregnancy resource centers can reach more women facing unplanned pregnancies and provide them with holistic care, compassionate choices, and just an abundance of resources to support their decision to choose life. A lot of women, when they are faced with unplanned pregnancies, they often are decision-vulnerable because they don't know of all of their choices. In that very immediate moment, they may think Um, there's only one option for them to move forward. We believe in choices and what that means is allowing them to actually have all of the choices and all of the options and all of the guidance so that they are able to make an informed decision. Safe District has been around for about 10 years. Uh, Most people know us by our Stork buses. A stroke bus is a mobile medical unit that's equipped with the state of the art medical equipment as well as very knowledgeable and experienced medical professionals. They offer pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, and also STD tests. The buses enable them to reach areas, um, especially in rural areas,
2: I would say, where maybe there's not a Um, a pregnancy care center nearby. And so these buses are able to go into those areas and provide the services that that women maybe aren't able to get to. So I'm gonna tell you a story about how the, the bus was available for one young girl. She was 16, she was pregnant, and it was very shameful for her family. They ostracized her, the boyfriend left her, all of her friends ostracized her. She was all alone, and her mother was asking her to get an abortion. She was going to the beach one day, and she saw our mobile unit, and she came up to the door and she said, can I please see my baby? We did an ultrasound for her and found out that she was about 16 weeks along. We eventually was able to get the mom to come with and the dad and the boyfriend we got everyone together to come and do another ultrasound where they could all see when her mother who was encouraging her to have an abortion saw this baby she immediately started to cry everybody was in tears she said you know my family each of us we were all living for ourselves we were all doing our own thing but she said now we all live for my daughter so to me that is the perfect example of what having a stored bus in the right place at the right time can do
1: Sometimes another woman just needs to be inspired by another woman and um, we can definitely empower more women by coming together and uh, and showing her and allowing her to understand that she is actually so much braver and so much more courageous than she gives herself
3: credit for. We
2: are here for you, 100%. We are here to walk this journey with you so that you're not alone and to help you find your heart in all of this. And that means, um, and that you're going to make a choice that is truly going to be something that years from now, you're going to be proud of
0: that. Amazing. If you know someone with deep pockets, who would like to just help make more of those. That would be, that'd be marvelous. There's another group, um, love life. Um, and, uh, the idea here uh, about, What if your church could help prevent um, pregnancies from happening, provide healing for those affected by previous abortions and protect the unborn and vulnerable? um, That our church could be as a house of refuge. Let's just watch this quick little clip here.
4: What if we could create a safe place and create what we call houses of refuge all over the United States where pastors say this is a house of refuge. If you or someone you know is facing an unplanned pregnancy, you don't have to run from us, run to us. You may have made a sinful decision that got you into this position, but being pregnant is not a sin. That child that you carry is a blessing. And so that actually happened in our church. And unknowingly to me, I read the house of refuge statement on a Sunday morning, and there was a young couple that was attending our church that was not yet married that found out the night before that they were pregnant and they needed a word from god to know that he was with them and so i want you to hear taylor and mason's story
3: so saturday night um i didn't have my period for a while so i figured we should go take a pregnancy test so we did that waited and waited (laughs) And then we got the results, and it said pregnant. And that's when shame and scaredness and everything hit.
5: Yeah, when we were waiting on the test, I was scared of telling my family, friends, and our our church because we were just dating at the time.
3: So we go to bed that night, and then we wake up Sunday, Um, I go to church that Sunday, and Josh starts talking about the House of Refuge and Love Life, and what made it so comforting about uh, what Josh was talking about, he was talking about how um, unplanned pregnancies and how uh, the women should run to the church instead of an abortion clinic, so that just made me feel comforted that they're not going to condemn you or throw you out of the church or anything. They're going to help
5: you through all of it. I had actually went and bought an engagement ring for Taylor, and I was excited about that. And I showed my mom, and she asked, is Taylor pregnant? And I was like, yeah, she is. And she was upset for a little bit, but very soon came around, and we went out for dinner that night. After I told her, and my dad gave me a hug and said, "You got to grow up quick, but congratulations."
3: (laughs) Mason proposed, and then we had a month of planning for the wedding. We got married, then we started prepping for Sawyer, and then he finally came, and it was just such a beautiful moment.
5: Going through the process. There's no way I would have been able to do it without supportive churches and people. Become a house of refuge. Talk about this with your church
4: family. Let them know that this is a safe place that they can run to, not run from. And give us a rep from your church that we will train to equip your whole entire church to be able and ready to respond when men and women come running to you for help.
0: Does that sound good? So this is that statement, and we as a board uh, about, I don't know, six eight months ago, um, voted to be a house of refuge in whatever way we're able. Being a small church, we're uh, limited, but this is the official statement. says, we, the official board of directors of Tri-County Christian Center, have decided that in whatever way we are capable to make our church a house of refuge, this applies to everyone in this church or people you know that need a place of refuge. Here's what we believe. If you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, please know, like he said, that, pr- that being pregnant is not a sin, and the child you carry is not a punishment, it is a blessing. God is knitting this child in your womb. You may have made a sinful decision that led to this pregnancy, or you may even have been sinned against, but we want you to know you are loved, and you, we will do whatever it takes to help you carry and care for this precious child before and after birth. We can never support or encourage a woman to have an abortion because the child you carry is made in the image of God and is intrinsically valuable and loved by God. You need to know how we will respond. And here's what we won't do. This church family will not gossip about you, shame you, or abandon you. This is a house of refuge, and we will not allow for the family of God to harm one another with words or actions contrary to the love of God as revealed in his word. Here's what we will do. We will do everything in our power to remove whatever obstacles standing in the way of you having this child. There are people in this church ready to mentor you, throw you a baby shower, and connect you with resources inside and outside of your church, local pregnancy center, etc. We will also hold men accountable for living out their calling to provide and protect women and children. Somebody say amen to that. Finally, if you have ever had an abortion in your past, we want you to know that abortion is not an unforgivable sin. Whoever confesses and forsakes their sin finds mercy. If you have never gone through an abortion recovery Bible study, we will be happy to connect you to one so that you can talk, uh, you can walk in complete healing and freedom, as well as other local Christ-centered post-abortion counseling services. So in whatever way we can be that, we want to be that. And i would, I, looking for uh, a few who could rise up and, and be our representatives in that as well. So you can talk to me afterwards. This is the truth about, about the, the gospel, about being a Christian, the Bible. It always centers on the saving of life, doesn't it? Uh, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is what we see happening, right, um, in this culture of death. But I, I came that they may have life and, and have it abundantly. Um, in John 3, 17, we know 16, but it says, For God did not send His Son to the world to condemn the world, and He could have, but to save it. Right? He's the Savior of the world, not the condemner of the world, right? The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Um, Let's just talk about um, what um, the Bible says about um, the what the Bible calls fetus, and I, I'll try to wrap this up here. One of the most um, well-known passages here is this: is David, Psalm of David. He says, "For you created me um, in my inmost; you, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb." I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when it was made in the secret place. The womb, right? When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. An unformed body, that's, isn't that conception? Isaiah goes on to say the same kind of thing. Isaiah 49, verse 1, he says, Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he made mention of my name. Uh, Jeremiah, his part of his commissioning, God says to him, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew, knew you. Before you were born, before I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before you even formed in the womb, I knew you, God says. Apostle Paul, likewise, says, But when God... Uh, Talk about how God has set him apart at birth uh, and called him by his grace. Of course, it took him a while to get around to it, uh, but he it was called from birth. So when does God recognize a viable human being? At least at conception. And this is... Seth Gruber makes this point. He's just done a phenomenal job. I just give credit to where credit is due. checked this out. Um, in Luke 1... Mary is now; she's just now pregnant. Going up to visit Elizabeth, to care for Elizabeth in her final trimester and help her deliver the baby for sure. Actually, go, go, go. Mary was up in Nazareth around the Sea of Galilee. Elizabeth was in Judea around Jerusalem. But when when Mary gets there and greets Elizabeth, the baby within Elizabeth's womb leaps, and 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 Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and all that stuff happens. Well, the the Greek word for a baby, this unborn John the Baptist baby in the womb, the fetus, is brephos, okay? So you go to the next chapter, and Mary lays the baby Jesus in the manger. Guess what Greek word is for the living, the born baby Jesus, Uh it's the same word. It's the same Greek word, brephos. God, there's no difference in God's sight and, and quite frankly, in, in honest science as well. There's no difference between an unborn and a born baby. It's just location. Like real estate says, it's location, 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 right? That's really all there is. Um, um, what about even, let's talk about just human life and we'll just end it here. Um Karl, um Karl Marx, um, Hitler, uh, believed um, in um, the theory of, theory of evolution, that we were just, you know, somehow a rock became a, a slime that became a, a bird, and one was a fish, and it became a dinosaur, and some became a tree, and all these things. But there were nothing more than that. But look at what the Bible says. You're created in the image of God everyone, even that child, that, that unplanned pregnancy. There's this image of God created male and female. That's the only two kinds he made. And in, in, it goes further, Genesis 2, verse 7, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, speaking of Adam, and breathed into his nostrils. Uh, and so you see, not only is, is there a unique image that, that, that humanity takes on in, in relation to their creator. But this even word, the form I've mentioned is this before, but this is the, 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 in the Hebrew, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but they, they say that that, that word form is the picture of God getting down on his knees and scooping the clay and actually forming and sculpting it like, 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 a, like, a, like a, someone sculpting a, a statue. And so, so he gets. He's getting his hands in there. Everything, everything else he's created, he spoke into being. He just said it, and it happened. But when it came to you and I, he gets down and he begins to shape it. And it's in his image, uh, inside as well as outside. And then he gets down and puts his mouth over the nostrils and breathes the breath of life into that, into humanity. You are more. Valuable than birds and dogs and bunnies and eagles because you were made in the image of God, and if you look at look around the world the, the science would catch up with the Bible because you look around you, you can't you can't deny that human life is distinctly different from all other life there's just no comparison so what made the difference evolution surely couldn't do that besides if if we're just the farther down the evolutionary chain from the from from the monkeys and the apes and it's the survival of the fittest how come they're still here among other things we could ask so just what's our responsibility just hang with me here um, in psalm 82 it says kind of four things. Defend, maintain, rescue, and deliver. We are called to defend the cause of the weak and the fatherless. We are to maintain the rights of the poor and the the oppressed. We are to rescue the weak and needy and deliver them from the hand of the wicked. That why when we see our government doing that to people around us, that we should stand up against that government. That's not outside of our, our, our realm. Psalm, uh, Proverbs 24, 11, Rescue those being led, led away to death. Rescue them. Hold them back. Those staggering towards slaughter. Get in their way. And then there's a warning if you don't. The next verse is, but if you say, but we knew nothing about this. I mean, this, is th- that, this line here is, those people, as I was at a meeting this week, and talking about how this school board needs to stand up against certain things. And one person said, no, no, they got to keep their head down because things could happen. And I called them a coward. I said, that's cowardly. Oh, we didn't know anything about it. God knows exactly what we know everything. We know what's happening. And he will bring judgment on those. Who were more concerned about their own comfort and then standing up for those who couldn't stand up for themselves. And also this word slaughter, of course, is a very apropos word for what abortion is today. Seth Gruber is the founder of the White World's Resistance, and I just want to hear it, let him a few things, and then I'll close.
6: I've been a pro-life activist since I was a fetus, really. My mother was directing a pregnancy resource center, and she was directing that center while pregnant with me. I knew from the time I was 18 years old, when I saw aborted mutilated baby parts in photos of what abortion is and does to the unborn child. I've made it my calling and job to prick the collective conscience of the culture and awaken the church to action. My name is Seth Gruber, I'm a pro-life speaker, activist, CEO and founder of the White Rose Resistance. We're gonna be speaking on pro-choice equals bigotry here today, doing some tabling event, talking to students. Uh, however, today UC Berkeley is not so uh, friendly to free speech, because I'm not making an argument on how developed you are and conflating that with human value, I'm saying you have human value because you're a human being. If human life begins at conception, why should that human being have less rights than you guys who are born? In 1942, with dreams of becoming a School schoolteacher, 21-year-old Sophie Scholl came across something called Leaflets of the White Rose. These leaflets focused on pricking the collective conscience of the broader culture and awakening the church to action. And so they began staying up all night writing, printing, and distributing anti-Nazi leaflets all around Germany. And on February 18, 1943, Hans and Sophie, brother and sister, walked onto the campus at the University of Munich. And then in this iconic scene, Sophie walks to the third floor balcony and she shoves an entire stack of leaflets down to the atrium below. And the Nazis wanted to make an example of the White Rose resistance. On February 22nd, 1943, they were taken to the guillotine. Her final recorded words to her cellmate was, ''How can we expect righteousness to prevail?'' When there's hardly anyone willing to give themselves up individually to a righteous cause. And she said, such a fine sunny day. And I have to go now. But what does my death matter? If through us, thousands of people are awakened and stirred to action. Her final words before the blade fell were, the sun still shines.
7: You may not be a student of history. You may not even know the degree to which the culture war is descending on the church. But my guess is that most of you sense that you're just a straightforward, simple thinking person who sees evil before you and says, Enough! I'm going to stand in the middle of the road with the culture of death with a big sign that says, Stop! You will go no further. A young woman with the spirit of Jonathan, a young woman with the lion of the tribe of Judah roaring inside of her, a young woman who understood that the culture war was just a proxy war for the spiritual war, that these were attacks against the sovereignty of the king of kings and the lord of lords who entered human history in a uterus to identify with you at your most vulnerable stage. This is our moment. This is your moment to rebuild Christian resistance before it's too late, It's not about us. It's about the children. It's about the next generation. It's about our posterity to raise up a generation of Gideons who will walk out of that cave and start tearing down the high places of child sacrifice. So you can look your king in the eye one day and say, Father, I did everything I could.
6: Right, Sophie's... Courage and commitment and sacrifice has inspired me to fulfill her vision, to build the army of resistance that Hans and Sophie dreamed of, but never saw realized, to end our holocaust of abortion. Millions have looked to the story and sacrifice of the White Rose resistance to find the courage and calm to face their own injustices. And your sacrifice will water those seeds of resistance so that one day thousands will be awakened and stirred to action. The white rose will blossom again, and we can say, the sun still shines.
0: Every member of the white rose resistance back then were executed. And none of the student, there was not a student awakening like, like Sophie had hoped. But eventually, for a slightly different thing, but as Holocaust nonetheless, um, Seth Gruber and those with him have started this. They are producing... You've heard of the 1619 Project to try to make America out to be... We're just based on racism and slavery, and that's all we want to do. And this the biggest demonic lie that is being believed by so many. Well, he's coming out with the um, 1916 Project. Because that was the first year um, of... Margaret Sanger's first birth control clinic was put up. And um, that is is in the works uh, right now. Um, But it's really past time for us to be awakened to our responsibility to stand up for America, stand up for our children, And their future, for their our freedoms, for the truth. That we stand against these 21st century idols of self, of pleasure, of power, of money. They're all coming from the kingdom of darkness, uh, kingdom of lies, including the the resident of the White House. Um, These are evil people. Um, there are evil people in charge of our media. They care nothing for the truth, and it's one thing. It's not about well, they don't agree with me politically. No, they are bringing death to all kinds of people. Not not to mention the fact that our our southern border is 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 flooding millions of of, of um, illegals that are coming through, um, and um, you know the number one reason for death, uh, what is eighteen to forty year olds, is fentanyl, and so much. We have to, We we just can't just sit here and play church and just only talk about comfortable things. We just can't be those people because they need people to stand up. And um, there's one other thing that S- Sophie said. Right, I don't know if it was a days before or whatever, but she said something that just. Um, she understood you don't blame evil people because she, she said, know there's always going to be evil people in the world. And she had this to say. She said, The real damage is done by millions who want to survive. The honest men who just want to be left in peace. Those who don't want their little lives disturbed by anything bigger than themselves. Those with no sides or causes those who won't take measure of their own strength for fear of antagonizing their own weakness, those who don't like to make waves or enemies, those for whom freedom, honor, truth, and principle are only literature. And those words just ring. Let's stand. And we have some... We're going to close this. I know I know what time it is, but I... It, I don't know what time it is. It's time for us to pray for our nation and pray for the unborn, pray for those who are struggling with with, uh, in, with abortion at, at one stage or another. Uh, God loves everyone, and, and this is not a place of judgment but to be a house of refuge, but there's the ending, the child sacrifice needs to end in Washington State. And, um, and so if you are going to be one of those we've asked to, to, to pray, would you come up here, honey, could you, and just stand by my wife, because we're gonna just have several people come and um, uh, oh okay um sure go ahead hmm oh okay let's let, let me just do this last this thing here and so who else is is praying these these two right. Right, yeah, come over here. This is what I what I would just want to add. It says it's time for us to shake awake a sleepy American church. Here in the U.S., we've sought our own comfort. We've passionately avoided our controversy, our conflict with evil men, the rebellious culture of uh, as if Jesus had commissioned us to go into all the world and make friends, right, instead of disciples. And so that we need to be the people who stand up and i would just want to close and have this here this is such a, a perfect example of what what we are we going to be the ones who will stand up and let the outcome be what it be for standing up right for our, our for our god and our children's children this is the kind of thing that, that this is what what's been happening but i tell you courage is courageous some people who stand up um eventually we could see this kind of outcome i believe and um um, this is a you could say this is our 1776 moment for for the unborn and for um and for the spiritual time of this nation so um let's just pray right now okay um go ahead um if there's some of you would like to also just pray, we're going to pray for the unborn We're want to pray for the end of abortion in Washington. we can pray for for families that have needs. you want to lift up those organizations that are helping um whatever you, if you'd like to just come forward and just pray into that according to this um we'd welcome you to do that. We we'll just take a little bit of time, but i I want us to just intercede and so let's just bow our heads and go ahead and the first one go ahead.
8: Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to gather here today. May we do it in your honor, in your glory, Father. May we also stand up to these injustices, God. For you are not just our Savior, but you are our Lord too. And you do not like these injustices, these evils, God. You will not stand for these evils, and as your Servants and children, neither shall we stand for this evil too, God. You gave people such as Moses, L- Levi, to help him, even though he couldn't f- help with his own words. But God, you've given us something even stronger than that. You've given us your spirit, God, your mm-hmm. wedding clothes. You have turned our scarlet sin into whiteness and purity. <clears throat> and Father, just help us. Find the words, the actions, these opportunities to save these children, to glorify you, God, to make disciples of them. Uh, Allow these Saul's turn into Paul's. Realize their mistakes before it is too late for them, God. Yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord.
9: Thank you, Lord. Father God, I just... um, I pray for the youth of our nation, Lord God. I pray that this is all I know. Um, The abortion was legal from the time they were born, so this is normal to them. Father God, and Lord, I just pray that now that Roe v Wade has been overturned, they can that plants a seed in them to see that this is not okay, that abortion is not okay, Lord God, we just pray for hearts to change, we pray for minds to change, Father God, we pray for these kids to reach out and 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 find the resources that they need to to be able to see their babies to term Lord God, we pray that that would be the normal that Abortion would just be unthinkable, Lord God, and Father God, I just pray for these courageous birth moms who do choose life, Father God, and they give them up for adoption, Lord God, I just pray for courage, courage for them, Lord God, and I just pray for their hearts, Lord God, Lord, and I just pray for those babies, Lord God, to know that they were so very loved, that they were given the chance for life, not just given life, but given it so abundantly, Lord God, God, I just pray for just hearts to change and minds to change. That's what we need so bad is heart change in this country, in this world, Lord God. We just pray for abortion to be absolutely unthinkable. We just pray for yes. unborn babies to not be so endangered, Lord God. Mm-hmm. And I just thank you for everything that you're doing and all the people that are rising up right now in this day. We're here for such a time as this to help these babies, Lord God. We just pray for courage and strength. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I just lift up those
1: that have had abortions, um, men and women alike, that have uh, sacrificed their babies, that made that decision, and they have lived a life of pain and heartache and heartbreak as a result of that decision, Lord. And I pray that there is healing. We know that there is healing in you, but I pray for these people um, that are still struggling with the decision they made many, many years ago, that you would just reach out and love them and heal them, heal their, the brokenness in their hearts, Lord. And I pray that they would, be, um, they would stand up and be a voice that needs to be spoken and heard um, against abortions, Lord, and with the people and the friends and family and their community that they know. Let them stand up and be that voice as you heal them, Lord.
0: Yes, Lord. So Lord, we um we just come to you and and just offer ourselves. if you're you're here and you say, Lord, just show me how I can make a difference. Would you just lift your hands? And say, Lord, show us Lord how we can make a difference. And I believe there's some here that maybe you're already already doing that, Lord. And I just pray, God, that we just say, Lord, we're not going to just sit on our hands or put our heads down. We're going to stand up and trust you, Lord, to show us how and where to do so for the sake of those who cannot stand up for themselves. And we do, Lord, God, everyone in this place, anybody in this place that you you have been affected by an abortion in one way or another, and you're you're, you're carrying maybe a secret shame or guilt. Lord, I, I pray that in the name of Jesus, they would know the forgiveness and the mercy and the love of God. Lord, and, and um, you come to give life. You, you came to save us, not to condemn us, Lord. And I just thank you. And I pray for us as a congregation uh, to to how to go forward to be a house of refuge. So people don't run away from the church when, uh, when, when they find that they're pregnant uh, out of wedlock and c- certain circumstances, but that they would run to the church. Help us, Lord, to, to portray that love um, and, and understand that being pregnant is not a sin. How it happened may be one thing, but, but is a gift uh, and a precious life. And Lord, And we pray, God, for an end to abortion in Washington state. Father, we pray that you would sabotage the works of darkness, you'd expose the lies of those who've been in power for so long, uh, that have, uh, are working to extinguish more uh, lives, even as we speak, trying to even get it written into our state constitution. Lord, in the name of Jesus, rise up, bold people, Lord God. And and replace uh, those in places of of influence and, and legislation and these things, Lord God, as well. And courts, Lord, we're asking in Jesus' name. You did it in the Supreme Court a year and a half ago, Father. We believe that in Washington State that you would have mercy upon us, Lord Jesus. And we would end, see an end to the child sacrifice system that is currently here. And um, and give us the courage, Lord, to to stand up uh, for all things related to truth and righteousness for the sake of the poor and the oppressed and the vulnerable, Lord Jesus, Um, that you might get glorified. And as we sang about that, your great name would be lifted up, Lord, and they would see you as the great deliverer, the healer, God. You're the one, Lord, who changes lives and sets people free, that they would come into know you. and, and we just thank you, and Father. We just uh, give ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. We lay our our concerns before you, Lord, today. You know, you you know our needs even before we ask, um, and um, and so uh, we trust you for those. But right now, we're, we carry this our state before you. We carry our our loved ones before you uh, that that are dealing with these things, and and God, that in Jesus' name, we will see victory hope in jesus name uh and everybody said amen. amen amen if you wanted to be part of that in some way you know or house of refuge please let me know but god bless you and let's keep praying and believing
3: Amen. amen yeah.